Welcome to The Gathering Pod, the audio version of my weekly gathering room broadcast. I'm Martha Beck. You know, I try to make these evergreen in that they're out online. And so if somebody wants to read something about it or watch something about a plan, let's plan any time of the year, of any year, they can do it. But I'm just going to say it. This is my first gathering room, our first gathering room of 2022. I don't even think I've said that number in public yet. And so this is kind of specific to a New Year's theme. And I will be talking about the year we're in right now. But wherever you are, if you're joining me live if you're or if you're in the future somewhere, I think that the ideas we talk about here will be useful for you. So as a life coach, I am obsessed with resolutions. Like I love them in a kind of probably mentally ill sort of way. I am a th- I am thrilled with resolutions and intentions. Intentions are even better than resolutions because resolutions are like, I will resolve. And intentions are more spiritual. Oh, I'm just going to plan this and intend it to happen. And that tends to work better if we really mean it. So New Year's intention setting is a big deal for me and mine because I'm always asking them, what are you going to do this year? What's this year going to be like? Hey, what are you going to do? Well, As we got to the end of 2021, after the complete chaos of 2020 and the weirdness of 2019, I got to the end of December and went, next year, I just, I have no idea. I have no earthly clue what's going to happen in 2022. And I don't particularly have any plans for it because to have a plan, you have to have some confidence that there won't be some weird life-shattering, society-altering mega-event or events that will come to disturb said plans. So I pondered on this, and I kept thinking about how in, in Eastern philosophies, they talk a lot in these paradoxical statements about the gateless gate or the pathless path. And by this, they mean the universe that exists within us, if you if your attention stops being focused on the outside and there's a point in some of the yoga sutras, it's where the mind comes away from distraction and anxiety and then comes into one pointedness where it's just quiet. And at that point, it's almost like there's a teeter-totter and all the attention has been going out and then you reach the point where the mind is quiet and all the attention, the soul's attention tips the tipping point and attention begins flowing inward and we begin to watch the universe from inside ourselves and it's amazing i mean i had not read some of the ancient yoga sutras before a few days ago and i have to say they kind of mapped what i think of as neurological phenomena like if you keep if you get into certain habits of thought they create actions and actions and feelings together create samskara these sort of pathways, these these very deep set habits, which if you repeat them enough, become vasanas patterns. And it doesn't matter, they can be for good or for ill, but it's very much what the brain is doing when it lays down tracks, it has its emotional issues, it has its uh, cognitive issues, it puts things together into kind of a habit, action plus emotion drives that into a deeper neuronal connection in the brain. And if you keep going down the same pathways, it gets into a really really super highway 
um, inside your brain where you can think the same thoughts and do the same actions over and over and over again to the point where you may not even remember doing anything else or thinking any other way. So when the, when the attention becomes one-pointed and you start looking inward, my point was that these yogis, by looking inward, they were looking at phenomena that science later said, yes, this is what happen, happens inside your brain. This is how you think. But the, yoga, the yogis and um, the magi, they went deeper even than that. They went into the workings of the soul and even said that they could, that every human body, every human mind is a scale model of the universe, very tiny scale model of the universe. And that if you examine it closely enough, you begin to understand the workings of the universe itself. So this is the gateless gate, the pathless path. And as I was thinking about what are my plans for this year, and I'm thinking, I thought, I, I don't have a plan. And then I thought, wait, that kind of is a plan. It's a planless plan. So I began to make that, I was stalemated until then, until I thought, I am going to make a planless plan for 2022. So I hope you'll join me in this because it's really quite fun. I've always you know, written lists of a hundred things I want to happen or made vision boards or whatever. This is a lot more instinctive and intuitive. It turns more inward. But it is still like some of the things that we do in the outer world if we're talking about things that are highly improvisational. So a planless plan is basically a plan to be improvisational with your life. That's what I'm doing in 2022. I'm going to do my life like improv. Now, if you've ever done comedy improv, I've probably talked about it uh, many times here because I love it. I, I did a an improv comedy slash life planning workshop once with Katie Goodman, a brilliant um, comedian, and we had so much fun with it. And I used to hang out in high school with a bunch of kids that, that were an improv troupe, and we would do all that. We'd like cut classes and go do improv <laughs> in some unused classroom. It's one of the best experiences of my life and probably a lot better than staying in class. <laughs> because it, as it turns out, being able to improvise is very, very important these days. So there are some basic rules that you go in to an improv scene with. So there, there may be some things set up. Like in our case, okay, the year is 2022. We are still in the midst of a pandemic. We don't know which way it's going to go. There seem to be, there are new mutations popping up. We don't know what long COVID really does. We don't know what the side effects of this and that are. So it's all very in terms of the pandemic. We know that climate change is still, you know, surging onward. I, we haven't had a snowy day yet in Pennsylvania, which they told us would be like the Arctic. Maybe it was like 68 in the Arctic a week ago. So yeah, there's that. And we've got political upheaval and factionalism and divisiveness in, in human society. So this is the scene on which our, this is the stage set on which our scene will take place. So that, that's what we know. So the first thing you do in improv, the first rule is always say yes. Now, what this means for us making our planless plans for 2022 is that we say yes to the situation as we perceive it and as it's playing out around us. To not say yes in, is to be in denial. To say, for example, if you said something like, um, sorry if you guys feel this way, if anybody feels that way, there is no pandemic, it's all made up. To me, that would take 
quite a bit of work to deny the sort of factual evidence that there has been an, an illness limiting our actions for many months now. But staying in, if you're staying in denial about, oh, I'm very happy in my life, I like the place I live, I like my job, I like my marriage, whatever it is, and it's not true, it does the same thing to your life that a, a flat denial does to a scene in improv. So somebody runs onto stage and says, oh my God, there's a leopard under the couch. And the other person says, no, there isn't, because they have some other plan. The scene just stops. It, it can't keep going. So you always, the very first rule is no matter what the other players say, you say yes to it. In fact, you say yes and. So you up the ante, you say yes, there is a leopard under the couch and um, it's in heat and it thinks you're a leopard of the opposite gender and it wants to have a romance with you. Obviously, I'm not in practice, but you say outrageous things to add upon what you've already said yes to. And thus the humor runs and that's how your life runs too. So, okay, I'm still doing things over Zoom and I can think of like 10 new things to do with Zoom that I learned during the last year or two that I never knew before. And I wonder how far I can push that. Um, let's see, there's climate change. Yes. And I believe that if we can communicate enough about uh, the awakening of human consciousness and the ability of united action to change many things very quickly. I mean, look at how fast the pandemic changed things uh, around the world when it first hit. Oh, it actually reversed a lot of things that were going on in cities that were fighting against nature and nature started to make a comeback. Huh. So yes, climate change. And maybe there's a way we can figure out to stop it. Just us. Let's put on a show in the barn. That'll do it. I don't know. I don't know, but I am not going to just say uh, yes, and I'm going to hide in my room. It's got to be yes. And I'll tell you something even fancier that can happen. We can save the world. Yay. Um, another thing, another rule. Now this is, um, uh, what's your brilliant name? Liz Lemon and what is that brilliant comedian that I love? Anyway, it'll come to me in a minute. She was Liz Lemon in 30 Rock. Tiffany, Tina Fey, Tina Fey. Her third rule for comedy is um, make statements, make clear statements. Don't ask questions. So, and she says, particularly for women in your life and on the stage, women are trained to be softer and less aggressive and not to put their views forward. And a questioning, sort of feeling your way, flattens the scene almost as much as a no. So there's a leopard under the couch. Yes, and I'm scared of it, and what should we do with it? That leaves it on the other players to make up something funny. That, so the person saying that isn't um, really adding much. And Tina Fey says, um, if you went to get surgery, would you want your doctor to come in and go, um, I think I'll be your surgeon? Um, am I operating on your leg? Uh, did I did I graduate top of my class at Stanford? I, uh, uh, uh. She's like, no. When when we want to be in someone's good hands, we want them to make statements. This is also true of life coaching, by the way, for you coaches out there. We don't say to people, you like, are you feeling bad? That sounds like a fine question, but in a weird way, it sort of puts the responsibility on the other person 
to give an account. So instead we make an observation, say in, in our style of life coaching that I teach, we'd say, you know what, your body language is really, your shoulders are low, your eyes are down, your face is sad. I'm guessing you're having a really rough day. Tell me where I'm wrong about that. So you, you make a statement, a clear statement, and that gives the world something to work with. So if you're making a planless plan for 2022, you say something like, um, here's the thing. I am going to, I, in 2021, I had this foot surgery of fame because I've mentioned it like every single minute of my life for six months. It was really quite something. And um, I'm on plan to get my, my feet strong and healthy again. Okay, ah, I'm making a statement about that. Now, is it going to happen tomorrow? I don't know. But I'm not going to make a question about it because without a statement, I can't start to project things to do. Now, this leads us to the next rule, which is make a plan, but hold it very lightly. So it's not just like you walk out on stage and go, okay, I hope something happens. I, I don't know. You have to, the minute somebody runs in and says there's a leopard under the couch, you have to immediately start planning in your own head a drama for where this could go. Okay, I'm going to, the leopard will come out, but it actually, I know it'll be like, his mother-in-law in a leopard skin pattern coat, and he's going to reveal all his secrets. And so you get some sort of comedy idea going, and you you start talking in ways. Yes, there is a leopard under the sofa, and what's more, I'm going to get a, a stick in one hand and a broom in the other. I'm going to move the sofa and get that leopard out because you have this idea where the scene is going to go, and you make a statement about it. But then somebody else has a different comeback. So another member of the troupe will say, yes, you get a stick and a broom and I'm gonna get, um, I'm gonna get the fire extinguisher or whatever. So then you think, oh, the fire extinguisher, we could spray each other with fire extinguisher foam and there's a real fire extinguisher there. Oh my God, this is comedy gold. So you're always, everybody on the stage is always changing. Every single person has a plan and everyone's dropping it and changing it as soon as the other person says that, uh, says something. And that leads to the last and most important rule for a planless plan. And that is to trust your troop members. Now, for us, in my view, our troop members are, first of all, the, those who love us, who are human around us, and they're wonderful, and our pets, the animals we love. But I also believe that the universe, it's, the universe itself is part of the cast of characters, that whatever consciousness is, that's my cast member. That's who's in charge of the troupe. And it exhibits itself in countless forms. In, it imbues everything in the universe, which means my plan for 2022 is to trust everything that happens to be done by a brilliant, loving troop member who is making this scene happen with me not to me not for me but with me i have full autonomy and it's a constant interplay why why did this happen to me oh it's so that the scene is better okay yes this is happening to me and here's what i'm going to do about it and i get started and so the circumstance changes again and i change my plan because i trust my fellow improv troop members and the fellow improv improv troop members are literally everything 
everything that happens, every event, every person, every animal, every tree that comes into my attention and makes things different. So that's my planless plan for 2022. You can start putting in questions if you want. Um, this is so that we can talk about your planless plan. But yeah, that's for example, I have a plan to work out. It's rock solid, guys. On one day, I do a long cardio workout. The next day, I rest. It's gathering strength. The next day, I do high-intensity workout for a short time. Then another day of rest. Then more long cardio. But it will change it on any given day, depending on how my body feels, depending on how the people around me need my help. Everything is going to be judged as I move because... The scene is fluid now, guys, and we have to just be responding to the fluid action. Okay. Hello, the lovely peoples. This is Marty, Martha, inviting you to a free masterclass that I have made called Five Paths to Your Purpose. Probably the most common question I get from people is, how do I find my purpose? Why don't I feel that I'm on purpose? Well, it turns out there are certain things you have to do to find your purpose, and I broke them down into five, and I made a little masterclass about it. So if you'd like to see it, just go to marthabeck.com purpose, and you will be able to watch it without any charge at all. Now, I see some questions coming up. Um, how do we follow through on projects when we are plan I, planes it says planes but i think it means planless um you make a project as an intention like i'd like to write a book this year that's one of my planless plans whether i'm going to get the time to do it on any given day i don't know what may happen if, ever, if we have another huge mega event i don't know i might change my whole idea so i've got a project and i visualize it in the finished state that i want it to be in eventually and it's like planning the end of a scene the way you want to see it. And then you, you take an action. You take, you, so I'll, like I'll get up, I will open my computer, I will start, I will make my outline, I will start writing. And I will constantly be checking to see what the other cast of characters in my life, everything in my life is doing. I will constantly be intuiting what needs to come next for, um, for that particular plan. And if the project gets done this year, it gets done. If it doesn't, I'll just keep chipping away at it as long as I feel like it's the right thing to do. So eventually, typically for me, that's what the, um, how all books get written. It's never happened any other way. Um, so it's, I've got questions coming through on Instagram really quickly, too quickly to read, and no questions coming through on I'm going to go to my Facebook chat. Sorry about this. Ah, here we go. Oh, somebody wants a book on Adam anecdote things. Oh, there will be lots of those. There already are in the um, in the little proposal I'm getting up, getting going. Uh -huh. So, where do turtle steps fit into the planless plan? Oh, what a good thing to say. Turtle steps. Every single intention. Every single scene, if you want to take the improv metaphor, um, you accept what is, you say yes and, you imagine it finished, and the, the immediate step forward that you take has to be small enough 
and it has to be like almost negligibly small. It has to be this tiny step that means you can keep going, keep going, keep going. I wrote a little piece for Maria Shriver's Sunday paper last week, I think it was, and I talked about how these turtle steps that we take are so small that they're creepy. Like, creep forward toward your goal and, and lie down frequently. And yeah, it's a great way to do it. It's improv, but it's really slow and creepy. <laughs> okay, here come some questions. Yay! Um, what do you, Dr. Donna says, what do you do if you're in the midst of planning not to plan, saying yes and making clear statements, and then something tr triggers deep anxiety and fear? You just go forward, because there you are on the stage, and life is not a dress rehearsal. So... You do it scared. Um, I, I just, I love the line from Le Leonard Cohen. I, I fought, I struggled with, I fought against the bottle, but I had to do it drunk. I feel that way about fear. I fought against anxiety my whole life, but I had to do it scared. Oh, well, you just, fear is a passenger. It's not a dictator. Okay, Allison says, given that the best laid plans of mice and men do often go awry, um, she says, are we saying that we never know where things will go, but what about having a North Star to guide us flexibly, but at least give us some overall structure? Absolutely, we have a North Star. The thing is, there's no structure to the North Star. It's a point. Like, I mean, obviously, the North Star is huge. <laughs> Stella Polaris is its common name, and it's a big old star. But to us, here in the Northern Hemisphere, or Southern Cross, if you're a Southern Hemisphere person, the stars are just points and so what it's like if you if you have a, a focal point where you're aiming something try this sometime it's an interesting little thing if you have somebody to with you who can test your arm you have your arm put your arm out to the side and uh, have them push down on it and then and you'll see how strong you are and then pretend look at a point on the wall and stick your hand your, your finger out and point at a point on the wall and imagine that those two points, this place you're looking at on the wall and your finger, your arm, are completely connected. That they are made of one thing and it's like steel. This is called the iron arm in karate and they do it to show you how strong your chi is or your ki in Japanese. Try that, that little experiment sometime and you will be shocked. I've had people dangle from each other's arms when we do this, like coaches training together. Like you can actually, just holding out their arm to the side, that connection with the perceived point creates this line of energy that's very, very strong. Is it structure? Not physical structure. It's a, it's a structure of intention. It's a line of intention between two points. And the more you do this planless plan thing, you're going in the gateless gate, the pathless path, and you start to get more accurate about the way the universe works because you can feel it inside more accurately than you can extrapolate it into the infinite distance without a lot of science, right? So when you have your North Star, that's something that you know for a fact in your body, heart, mind, and spirit is your life purpose. And it, this is generally very loose. It's not super specific. It can be, like mine is um, to live with integrity. Um, it could be to fully experience being human in all its dimensions and all its asset, aspects. It could be to heal the suffering of the world. It could be 
to make the perfect bagel. It could be just about anything. But if you feel it very deeply, you connect with that point. And then when something, like when I wanted to be a writer and a coach and everything, and then I got sick for more than 10 years, um, I tried to dis to break my connection with that sense of purpose because I thought it could never happen. But I couldn't. I couldn't keep my sense of purpose from feeling connected into the future. And so I had to give up on my plan for how it would be done, which would be, you know, finishing my doctorate and then getting an assistant professorship at Harvard and going on to be a great sociologist or whatever. That way didn't work. But my intention formed this line that the, all the incidents of my life began to hang on. Last time we talked, I was talking about pearls strung on a string that is time. And, and your, your life purpose focused on that North Star is something around which all your actions can begin to adhere. And it does make a structure, but not, a, not the structure you had planned. As Joseph Campbell said, you must give up the life you had planned in order to have the life that is waiting for you. So yeah, that North Star is always there, but it's not so much a structure as a point. Marianne says, tips for holding things loosely when our heart gets involved and wants to hang on tightly. Yeah, you sit with your heart and you say, oh my God, you're breaking again. You really, you get to hang on tightly to that and it's not gonna happen, so your heart's gonna break. You go ahead, break heart, and I am going to hold you and I'm going to observe you kindly and watch how you wax and wane and, and move around and watch my own tears come and then dry up and then come on again. I'm gonna watch that in a space of calm until the cast of characters around me, the reality around me, gives me my next idea for the next line, the next step, the next action, the next idea that I'm gonna give up. You just have to grieve it through and know that that process is part of what you need to trust um, because what happens to you is if it's happening in a benevolent universe, always has meaning and purpose. Noreen says, what if your clear statements aren't backed by authentic, confident clarity? Fake it till you feel it. Um, I would say it and then say, I have no evidence. <laughs> like, I really believe that this year, we're gonna stop having to lock ourselves down to keep away from the COVID bug and that you know things will get better this year do i know that's going to happen absolutely not i have no real evidence it could mutate tomorrow and get deadly and just let be like a wildfire all right i'm going to cross that bridge when i come to it in the meantime i have a plan that i plan to change because it's not really a plan it's a planless plan okay amy says how do you use intuition to navigate daily activities activities. What does intuition feel like? And then what practices help one find intuition? What great questions. Intuition, people don't realize this, but this is good brain science. It, it's more physical than anything else. And it's more emotional than it is cognitive. And it is almost not mental at all. So the first place you go for intuition is your body. When your body gets tense, tight, and resistant, and you feel heaviness and misery and your emotions become miserable, that means the statement you've made, and that's why I love making statements, because if I, if I say, get up in the morning and say, intuition, what should I do today? 
the, the universe won't answer you. I don't know why, it just won't. But if you get up and you say, today I'm going to write 20 pages, and then you feel like, oh gosh, this is not, no, I, I don't think I can. It's like, okay, your intuition is telling you that's too big a step. Back it up. Okay, I'm gonna write 10 pages. No, still feel tight. I'm gonna write five, no. I'm gonna write an outline for one chapter. Oh, suddenly my body feels lighter. I feel looser. I feel sort of a sense of moving ahead. That's the step you take. If I'm halfway through writing the outline and all hell breaks loose for some reason, inside me, outside me, I drop the plan and move to something else. You know, helping get a plumber to fix the exploded toilet or whatever it is. And just keep going. Follow the intuition, whatever happens. Okay, a couple more. Um, Damara says, how do your fellow troop members find you or you them? How many statements do you put out there to get them involved? Just kind of curious on the dynamics there. This is so great. Yeah, the more you live your truth out loud, the more people who are like you are drawn to you. But remember, everyone, even if you're, say you've you joined a cult and now you don't, you want to leave it, but everyone around you is a cult member. You might not have many soulmates right there. If you start to live your truth out loud, like go on the internet and say, oh, I want to get out of this cult, you will find people really quickly who will be looking for other folks like them who can help you be exactly who you want to be. But if you don't ever tell the truth, if you don't make the statements, like that might be very dangerous if you were in a violent cult and you put it out there. So you might start just telling trusted a few trusted others. Or you might start putting things out onto the internet or on Zoom or whatever that express opinions that lead you toward people who are on your wavelength. So the more you live out loud, the more clear your statements, the more the people that are meant to find you will find you. And weirdly, they will find you now more than ever. All of us in lockdown, we can still find each other faster and more accurately than ever. The troop is is very, very united right now. And they're just waiting for you to say your lines. Okay, last question. Tracy says, any hints for how to keep on the planless plan when we are in our normal work days and daily life? Yeah, never think that just because this is your ordinary job or an ordinary day with the kids or whatever it is, that things have to be the way you always did them. That things have to go the way they've always gone, the way your mother did them, the way your mentor did them. Instead, like I sit down to write a book, this is what I do. I've written 10, 11, I don't even know. But um, I don't have to do this the same way. I've been working in my company for 20 years, but I wanna go back and work in it more curiously, more intuitively, trusting my team more, having more, even more fun, having even more new creative ideas. So never ever think that you're repeating the same action. Nobody ever puts a foot twice in the same river because the river's moving and it's always different. And when you think about that, then the fluidity of our time at this point in history and our lives isn't so scary. It's exciting. It's fresh. It's unforeseen. It is not just a threat, but an infinite set of opportunities for marvelous things to happen in each of our lives. So that's my planless plan for 2022. And I'm just glad to have shared it with you right at the beginning of this interesting year. And I can't wait to hear your lines 
as you come onto the stage and we all do this great big improv act together. Oh, and don't forget to check us out on uh, Bewildered, the podcast. Love you guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Goodbye for now. It's a bewildering moment to be alive. That's why Martha Beck, me, and Rowan Mangan, me, created Bewildered, the wildly successful podcast for people trying to figure it out. Most of us are trying to fit society's expectations about how we should live, which is stressful and confusing. On Bewildered, we look at topics like perfectionism, what it means to have enough, anxiety, and creativity to see where the culture may be pushing us all away from the lives that truly fulfill us. If you're bewildered, if you want to think and you love to laugh, come join us. For almost 30 years, I've been teaching people to do something that I call reading your internal compasses. I believe we are all born with direction-finding mechanisms that are inherent in us and will help us find our best destiny. Uh, A few years ago, though, I realized that a lot of people were getting very, very anxious. And this is true. Anxiety is going nuts all over the planet. So I spent five years researching and writing a book about how to read your compasses and lower the anxiety that's getting between you and your right life. And I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out in 2025. But I would love to teach you about it before the book comes out. So this summer, I'm doing a course called The Wayfinder's Compass, Moving Beyond Anxiety. And you can check it out by going to marthabeck.com slash compass. And we will have a fabulous time putting you on course for your North Star.